towards, um, how do I articulate this? Towards us moving in the spirit, essentially. I don't really have a title, but if I did, it would be something like around question, no, nah, no. Nah. Uh, it, it would be probably around moving in the spirit. But I want to I teach it from kind of, uh, yeah, a bit of a different angle this morning. Um, first thing that I want to say is that God is for you. God is for you. Sometimes we think that Holy Spirit and Him moving through people is reserved for kind of the frozen chosen type of thing. Uh, we think it's for, you know, only Pastor Rob and Pauline who spend most nights all night praying um, and they fast most nights as well, except when there's good leftovers in the fridge. They break the fast for that. Um, but, you know, or, you know, sometimes we look at big ministries, you know what I'm talking about, and we think, wow, look at God move through that person. Look at, you know, and we, but, and we, end, up, uh, we end up, unfortunately, creating a rod for our own back because we end up idolizing a method. You know, we look at things like, you know, it's probably, you might be thinking, it's easy for you to say you're in one of those bigger churches or church that people look to. And it's true, but to be honest with you, we're all looking to something else in one way, shape or form, you know. We look at Bethel and look at, oh, I wish we could have that gold dust and some cloud falling. I'm not sure if I would because you don't want to get gold in your eyes. Um, I'm just messing around, just talking. Um, you know, and, but we're always looking to something, aren't we? And I, I think we should always be celebrating those things. But we should also be trying to connect with the heart of God for what we're doing here and what God is doing in us and through and wanting to do through us. Because let me say it like this, like what God does in you, He actually wants to release that through you. Did you know you are His vehicle? Did you know that you are the person that God has chosen to bring about a move of God into your community? And so often we're looking to other ministries, to other ministers, to this or that, but I'm just here to simply remind you here today that, that God is actually for you. That you don't need a guest speaker to come and, you know, what guest speakers do is bring focus, don't they? That's what, that's what I see my job today here with you guys, is I'm not here to kind of give you a new vision. I'm not here to kind of um, do anything like that. I'm just here to say, hey, you've already got everything that you already need to be the people that God's called you to be. That's not me saying that. That's what the Bible says, that He's given you every spiritual blessing that you need. You already have within you, you already have within you the power to bring transformation to your community. After all, like I want to ask it like this, do we really believe what the Bible says? When it says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, anything, any opposition, anything that you might come against, you have greater inside of you than that thing that you're ever going to face. I don't care whether it's cancer I don't care whether it's bankruptcy. I don't care what it might be. I don't care if the government totally changed and they shut down, you know, uh, faith-based organizations. I don't care what it is. I'm here to tell you today that you have everything inside of you. His name is Jesus. He's there through Holy Spirit right now. He's inside of you. And not just He's inside of you, but the first thing that you need to get in your heart, you need to, 
because uh, here's the whole thing. We know a lot up here, but we've got to move what's up here to in here. And one of the first truths that you've got to know if you're going to be someone that moves in the things of God and moves in the Spirit is you've got to know that God is for you. He is not against you. He is for you. He's not just for you. He's not just in you. He likes it there. You know what I mean? He actually, that's why the Father sent Jesus to die on a cross because he actually wants to be, but Matt, you don't know my thought life. You don't know this and that. And that's true. And you don't know mine either. You don't want to know mine either. You don't want to know my insecurities. You don't want to know the issues I've got because I was brought up in a broken home without a dad. I'm, I'm not one of these guys that has like my dad was a preacher, his dad was a preacher, his dad started a movement, his dad was a missionary to outer Mongolia, his dad whose dad was in Rome and then his dad was actually the brother of Jesus, you know. I don't have that story. I'm just normal. I'm just a broken kid from, uh, from Perth, Western Australia that's just kept saying yes to Jesus, that's had a whole lot of journey to walk through, a whole lot of freedom because freedom isn't, isn't, freedom's a lifestyle. It's not a destination. Come on, somebody. Freedom's something you choose every day. You don't arrive at that place necessarily in some areas of your life. It's like something you go, I'm going to be free today. You know, that's why Joshua, that's why God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. In other words, what was he saying? He was saying, he was saying, you, you're bound by the prison of fear. So be strong and courageous. What was he saying? There's times you've got to choose to be strong even when you're not feeling strong. Oh, I'm just preaching freedom right now. You've got to choose it. I, my, my, I, I come from a broken home. You don't want to know some of the struggles that I struggle with on a daily, on a regular basis about my identity, about wanting Pastor Russell and Sam, we're getting real in this church. This is how I like it. Where, where I struggle, like, oh, I hope I've done a good job today in church. I hope Pastor Russell's happy and tick and tick and tick. Why? Because I grew up in an environment where I had a dad, but I never had a father. So now my Achilles heel, just being real, because we've all got them. Yours just looks different to mine, and I'm okay with sharing it. And you know the reason why I'm okay with sharing it? Because... I understand that my dysfunction doesn't equal disqualification. Woo! I just blessed myself, sorry. My dysfunction doesn't equate to spiritual disqualification. I'm not qualified by where I come from. I don't move in the things of God. I don't move in the gifts of the Spirit because of my background, because my dad's a distant relative of the Pope or something like that. No, that's not why I, I'm, I'm not qualified for any of those reasons. I'm qualified simply because of Jesus. Amen. I'm qualified. He got what I deserved at the cross so that I could get what he deserved. You missed that. He got what I deserved, the wages of my sin, which is death on the cross, so that I could get what he deserved. And what's the wages of perfection? What's the wages? What, what does perfection earn? What does righteousness earn? It earns healing, freedom, liberty, salvation, wholeness. That's what I get what he deserved and he got what I deserved. 
He likes being inside of me. He loves having relationship with me. God loves and is not insecure about moving through broken people. (laughs) The first box that you've got to tick, if you like, the first thing that you've got to get in your heart is that you've got to know that God wants to use you. Turn to your neighbor and say, change your mind. Because that's what you've got to do. You've got to change your mind. You've got years of stinking thinking. Come on, we're getting old school Pentecostal right now. You've got years of stinking thinking. That's what a pastor of a church I used to, uh, used to attend used to say. We've got to change our thinking. We've got years of thinking, of thinking. We've got years of rejection. We've got years of all those sorts of things. And that's what I'm saying even about when it comes to me and my approach with God, you know what? God's had to arrest inside of me. He's had to arrest that whole spirit of like the father doesn't approve of you. You know, I never heard my dad tell me until I was an adult that he loves me. You know, I had a dad that used to say that every Saturday he'd rock up. Every Saturday was like dad's day and he was meant to come and pick us up. Can I tell you how many times? I waited at the end of my street for my dad to arrive. And I'd wait for hours and hours and hours for my dad's car to come around the corner, go back to the house, make a call when dad, I'll be there soon. Well, this is before mobile phones, right? So I didn't equate as a five, six, seven-year-old where a lot of my emotional IQ and memories and things thought processes being developed that dad was at home still because he wasn't answering a mobile he was answering you know if you had a phone number back in those days with a nine or a zero in it it's like and it's like the second coming is going to be here before (laughs) and patterns are established aren't they I'm just letting you into my world because I want you to understand that there are things that you probably process that maybe you don't even realize. See, this is the thing about freedom, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow. But, but, uh, but most of the prisons that we face are invisible. Most of the prisons that we have, no one even knows they're there. You know what I'm saying? And religious people are really good at hiding them. We become experts at being ninjas. We like become we become like prison ninjas. And we're really good at making sure no one knows <laughs> that we've got all this stuff going on. And the reason is is because just like me as a kid, had to have all this thinking undone. Around, well, hey, God, if I show up and I start praying for people, now I don't process this while I'm in the moment, right? But if I really dig down, and I have obviously, into my own thinking and patterns of my life, I've got to ask myself the real question do I really believe God's going to show up? Because way back when I was a kid, my dad didn't. The first thing that you've got to understand is that God loves you. And he wants to move through you. If you're going to be someone that moves in the spirit of God, which you all can be, which God has called you all to do, 
you've got to understand first and foremost that God loves you. That the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. That resurrection power is inside of you already. It may be dormant right now because a whole lot of thinking and a whole lot of maybe missed uh, missed beliefs in your life. But friend, you've got to understand that God is already inside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of you. I want to keep saying it until you get it, that God loves you. doesn't matter if you're a brand new Christian. That spirit is inside of you. The Holy Spirit is with you and he want, he's in you to flow through you to reach a broken, hurting world that don't know him moving in the spirit. Let's read this. Let's read this. Matthew chapter 6. Where are we? Let me bring mine up. We're going to read. Just, we might read a bit and then we'll just see where it goes. Matthew chapter 6. We are going to read from verse number 8. Don't be like them. This is Jesus talking about prayer, right? You know this story? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I just, I just read the scripture. Um, don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Are you ready for this? And we're just going to focus on one verse. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Or may your name, we'll read it off this, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do, let, do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And we'll stop there. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You're like, Matt, how the heck are you going to talk about moving in the spirit from the Lord's Prayer? That's a good question. Glad you asked. Our Father who art in heaven, I need you to come with me into first century Jewish culture and begin to understand exactly what Jesus was, who he was talking to, the context he was talking from. Whenever you're doing uh, theological studies or trying to interpret the, the Bible, there are three main questions that you've got to ask. You've got to ask who is the text talking to? Who is it? Who, who, who's, t who's saying it? Who are they talking to? What are they talking about? How does it apply to me today? You've got to get into the context. You've got to get into the context and understand a little bit about the world in order to interpret the text properly. Because what meant one thing in one time could mean something different in another time. Do you know what I mean? Like I try to say words to my six, eight and three-year-old, mainly my eight and six-year-old, two girls. I try to say things and, and I've already started realizing that I'm getting old. Come on, somebody. Like straight up, like I was just talking to my wife this week around how um, I don't get, like there was just a certain person that was on Instagram and just all their photos are selfies. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, do you, how self-indulged are you? But then you go on every single person's Instagram or Facebook site that I'm just going to put it out there and you might hate me down for this, but that's a girl 
and that's age between like 13 and 15, and also Pastor Rob. Um, and Pastor Rob's social media account, he specialises in the duck lips. Do you know the duck lips? Pastor Rob, would you mind? Just beautiful, beautiful. Um, you brought that upon yourself. Sorry, Pastor Rob. I feel, I feel like that was very dishonouring of me, but I could not resist and know that the Lord forgives me. And I was talking to my wife. I'm like, what? Do these people love themselves? And she's like, honestly, it's just this generation. And I'm like, well, they need a slap. And she's like, Matt, can I talk to you about our six-year-old? And I'm like, maybe. And she goes, she was in the car with her little girlfriend. They're on their way to dancing. And they had slushies. And they're in the back seat going, slushy selfie. It's like, you're six. What the heck? How does this even happen? How do you even know what that means? Things get lost in translation. I don't get it. Like, I just don't get it. I didn't grow I, I was the first kid in my school to bring a, a mobile phone to school. I remember when phones didn't exist. Come on, somebody. Now we're preaching. Now we're, yeah, now. Come on. Where are all my true Christians at? Um, I remember when, when mobile phones, like we were talking about focus before. Come on, somebody. And even in that moment, in that moment, some of you were on Facebook when you should have been in church. Anyway, we'll leave that sermon for another, for Pastor Rob next weekend. You've got to stay focused. Come on. You've got to stay, you've got to stay in that moment. You've got to, so many stuff, it just does. It gets lost in, in context. And, and uh, this is one of the things, like, we've got to acknowledge that uh, a lot, uh, the Romans did a fantastic job at influencing our thinking, at changing the way that we think. You know, there was a church centuries ago that, came in and they kind of got a monopoly on forgiveness. They had this brilliant idea. They said, why don't we make it so that the only way people can come to God is through the church and the only way they can get forgiveness is they've got to pay for it. Brilliant business idea, really. And they got a monopoly essentially on forgiveness. Well, the one thing every human being needs is forgiveness, isn't it? And so they created this way of thinking that the way that you get to God is you get to God through someone else. You get to God through, not, not through your own personal connection with Him. You get to God through a something or a someone and that's how you access God. But that's not the Bible that I read. I thank God for the forefathers that went before us, you know, and totally changed that and brought about the grace message. Martin Luther, you know, nails that thing on the on, the, uh, on the, the doors of that church and says that, no, we've all got access to God. We've all got, and really, I mean, we, it's unusual to think about that now because we're all like, yeah, of course we've all got access to God. Romans says that you and I, because of Jesus, have access to God. We didn't deserve it. We just have, have it. That we've been justified, not because of our works, but we've been justified because of His work upon the cross. That's how we have right standing with God. And that now, because we have right standing with God, we are the priests of God. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's who we are. We have right standing before God. Stick with me. This is going somewhere. 
But this church, they influenced our thinking. Dare I say so much that we still struggle with some of their thinking. We think I've got to come to a church service to have God move. We think we've got to have, oh, if the pastor just prophesies over me, then then that's going to help. No, friend, come on, you have access to God. And our thinking was changed. Check this out. It says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father, think about it. Jesus was speaking. And controversially, he says to the disciples, he doesn't say my Father. He says our Father. He was trying to communicate to the disciples, to just a bunch of ratbag fishermen. People that have been rejected, excuse me, by by the religious system of that day. And he said to them, it's not my father who art in heaven, it's our father who art in heaven. He was trying to show them that everything that I've got access to, you've also got access to. All the miracles you see me connect with and see me minister, it's not my father that does that, it's our father that does that. It's not my, it's not just my father that I've got exclusive rights to. The kingdom of God that Jesus was preaching was one that was saying, this is our father who art in heaven. And this is what justification is. Justification is understanding that now God sees you. And I like to say it like this, it's a bit corny, but just stick with me. Just as if I'd never sinned, justified, just as if I'd. Just as if I'd never sinned. That's how God sees you. But the problem with our sinful nature is we keep disqualifying ourselves from moving in the miraculous, moving in the power of God, moving in the things of the Spirit, uh, releasing healing into people's life. We keep questioning the anointing that God's put on our life because we disqualify ourselves. We go through the filter of, well, it's just as as if I've sinned, it's just as if I'd, but God says, no, it's just as if you never sinned. Stop looking at your life through a sinful filter and start looking through a redeemed filter. You're looking yourself down. You're looking at your life as if the cross never did what God said it would do. You're looking at your life as if, as if the sin's power was never really broken. But I'm just here to tell you today, it was. The blood, the sacrifice at the cross was once and for all. It's our Father who art in heaven. What's really interesting is that word Father, and we'll talk a bit about this in a moment, but that word Father is where we get our word supply from. Supply. The word heaven there is the uh, Greek word uranos. Everybody say uranos. Not urinal, uranos. Uranos. When you study that word, you, you realize that that word, um, that word is, is um, that word, number one, it's a plural word. It's a plural word. If anything, at a bare minimum, it should say our Father who art in heavens who art in heavens. Because did you know the, the Bible was obviously taken out of a completely different language and then interpreted? And so some things get... A, I'm not here trying to rearrange theology. All right, hear, hear, hear me today. I'm no theologian, but... Our Father who art in Uranus, heavens. 
Because let me ask it like this, where, where is heaven? Where, where is heaven? It's a good question, isn't it? How, how do I get there? How do I access it? Oh, it's gone quiet. <laughs> how, do I, how do I get to that place? Really, in a, re- realistically, heaven is, in a way, it's in a place that I don't know. I don't really know, you know. I know through Jesus I have access to the Holy Spirit and all the rest of them. I'm not talking about that, but I'm trying to help us kind of realign our thinking, our Father who art in heaven, because in a way, I believe that we interpret that like God is in a place that I don't really know how to access. I don't really know where it is. I don't actually know how to get there. Stick with me. Don't, don't scream heretic yet. Our Father who art in heavens, Uranus. In 90% of other Hellenistic literature, that word Uranus is actually translated as the air that we breathe. It's actually used as the word atmosphere. See what Jesus is saying? You think about his whole message. What was Jesus trying to do? He was trying to get the kingdom to earth. He wasn't trying to say there's a kingdom up there, away off with the fairies that you have to do all these things to access. He was actually saying, no, this new covenant is one where God is with you, he's in you, and he's around you. Our Father, our Father who art in heaven, art in Uranus, so what's he saying? He's saying, our Father who is closer than the air that I breathe. He's closer than I think. Come on, I know this is challenging your thinking this morning. He's closer than the air that I breathe. Our Father who art in the atmosphere that we're in right now. Because sometimes we confuse the presence of Holy Spirit with feelings. Or let me explain it, let me say it like this. We think the Holy Spirit is just a feeling. And in order to do the work of God, we've got to feel the work of God. But that's wrong teaching. In order to do the work of God, we've got to believe the Word of God. Our Father who art in heaven, our Father, uh, you remember how I said that that word Father is where we get that, our word supply from? So my supply for everything that I need is closer than the air that I breathe. That's what I'm saying. Everything you need is already here. Your and my mentality, and I am certainly preaching to myself this morning, but our mentality is like, I've got to somehow obtain this new thing from God. But Jesus is trying to teach us that you already have that within you. Our Father who art in heaven, who art in Uranus, my supply, that is all that I need. It's as close as the air that I breathe, the air that I'm breathing hallowed be your name. He's here. Stop trying to feel Holy Spirit and just walk in faith. You know, I'm Pentecostal through and through. Honestly, I really am. At 15 years of age, as I told you, I've got all these deep, debilitating father issues. Come on, somebody, just pray for the preacher. And, um, and it was on Father's Day in 1996. I was sitting in a church that I went there because I like girl. Don't judge. 
do not judge. And uh, I was sitting there and it was Father's Day. I was a few rows back. I was sitting three rows back. Just there, Father's Day. Middle of the preaching. Can't remember what the sermon was, but Holy Spirit came on me. And I began to weep uncontrollably. As God did this amazing, supernatural, deep work in my heart. I never had a uh, an issue with my dad from that moment on. You know, the good news is my I got to lead my dad to the Lord about four or five years ago. In fact, I didn't actually lead him to the Lord. He had all these supernatural... Because I just had this conversation with God. He came to stay... My dad came to stay with me. And I had this conversation with God. I'm done. Like, I've preached all the sermons. I've done everything. I can't do anything else. And I just said, God, it's up to you. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm done. I'm just going to... I'm going to love him. I'm going to do that love part of the Bible. But that whole preaching the gospel part, been there, done that, didn't work. You can't handle my realness. Come on. And I just said, God, it's over to you. So that night, I'm sitting out on my back deck. My dad's got, got his VB. He's got his ciggies. And we're sitting there and we're just having a chat. He's asking about church because he's got no idea really what I do. And uh, long story short, that night he has a dream. And in that dream, God appears to him. And uh, he has this conversation with God saying, you know, basically, God says, Stephen, do you believe? And he's got all these arguments. And before he could answer the arguments, God would say, no, 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 Stephen. Do you believe? And he'd say, yeah, but... And he'd go to say, oh, the virgin birth or whatever. My dad would. This is how my dad told it. But God would cut him off before he could say it. But he knew he was thinking that and say, no, 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 Stephen, do you believe? So the next night in the deck, Dad tells me that. Got his VB, got his ciggies. I wasn't participating, just for the record. <laughs> Write that down. Um, and I said, well, I'm just going to pray you have another dream. Next night has another dream. This time Jesus appears in his dream. Like my dad, the third night, is telling me about this dream he had that where Jesus, I don't know how it works theologically, but Jesus led him to Jesus in the dream. And he, he came out of that prayer, believe, he came out of that dream believing and being saved. Phenomenal, right? Amazing. And that's <laughs> uh, pretty funny. The third night, he's telling me about it with his VB and his ciggies. I mean, you know, salvation's a process. Like, VB's the bottom of the barrel. Come on, anyway. Let's move on. I don't want to... I've messed with your minds too much already. don't want to go there. Um, and I thought to myself, you know what, Jesus? I'm a pastor. This year I've been in ministry for 17 years, just about full-time. I'm pretty young. I've never had a dream with you in it. What the heck is up with that? God healed me in that one moment. One moment. One moment. Just that one moment. See, the thing about the Holy Spirit is not walking in feeling. It's about walking in faith. I'm, as, I, as I was saying, 
I'm Pentecostal through and through. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the manifest presence of God. I can sense his presence right now, like literally on my body. I can sense the presence of God right now. I'm all for it. I love it. But I also understand that that's probably about 5% of my actual life. Every other part of my life is consumed with just have or is needs to be focused and needs to have a belief that even when I don't have that, even when I don't have the good worship team, even when I don't have all the, the environment isn't perfect, I've still got a belief that wherever I am, Holy Spirit is with me and He likes it. That He is closer than the air that I breathe. He is closer. Our Father who art in Uranus, our Father who is right in the atmosphere that we're breathing right here, right now, not determined by feelings, emotions or other. I just choose to believe. And so when I pray for the sick, even when I'm unwell, or when I minister healing, even when I'm going through a hard time, or when someone asks to see me and I can't be bothered seeing them. I still have a belief and approach to God. Yes, Holy Spirit, you are here right now. I've been in cafes and it hasn't been this like big kind of like, all right, lift your hands and close your eyes right now. But the Holy Spirit descends at a table and, and that person who's had a hard heart starts weeping under the presence of God. I've been there, done that. And why? Because it's I have a belief that wherever I am, and wherever I go, the Holy Spirit is. And He wants to be there. That word hallowed, and I'll just, I'll just wrap up with this. That word hallowed is the word hagiatso. Everybody say that. Say hagiatso. Does that you feel more intellectual? I do. I, don't, I just made that word up. No, not really. Hagiatso. I'm having so much fun today. Thanks for having me. Do you know what it means? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it absolutely means to to uh, to set apart as holy. Hallowed be your name. But it also means to render, to acknowledge, and to become aware of. So close to just having a praise break by myself. We do that in Planet Shakers. Yes. Our Father who is closer than the air that we breathe, I render, acknowledge, and become aware of you right now. What's he saying at the very start of the Lord prayer, Lord's Prayer? Hey, disciples, it's time to focus. I acknowledge and I become aware of you right now. I reckon in your darkest hour, I reckon in the toughest moment, if you can just do that, God, I just become aware of you right now. You're here. I think we read some of the biblical stories that are like epic and crazy and the walls of Jericho and we read them like just the Holy Spirit. They all had like those goosebumps all the time and were feeling amazing. But you think about it, children of Israel at Jericho, Joshua tell Joshua had just circumcised all the men. Somebody say, ouch. That had just happened. And then he commands the children of Israel who couldn't keep their mouths shut, who, were com who complained and complained and complained and complained and complained to the point that it caused Moses 
to strike the rock instead of speak to the rock. And they said to him, go and walk around the walls. That's the, al- is that, that's the alarm to finish. Finish church. Fair call too. You know, walk around, walk around and don't say anything. Like, and sometimes we think everything's like, oh, that would have been amazing, awesome. No, there were six days of walking around that wall. What are we doing? Well, we're not talking for starters. You know? You know, all the men are walking around the wall. They would have got home that day. How was work? Their wife would have asked them, how was work? That was great. What would you do? Walked around a wall. Okay, how's Tommy? I don't know. I couldn't ask him. I'm not allowed to talk. Comes back the second day. You know, honey, I'm home. Simpson styles. How's your day? We just walked. You know, you can imagine. It's not all glitz and glamour. It's not all big conference leaders weekend moments. It's the day in, day out. Saying, God, I just trust you in this. I don't get it. I don't feel it. I feel everything other than that. But because you said be strong and courageous, I'm going to be strong even when I don't feel strong. I'm going to be anointed even when I don't feel anointed. I'm going to be a man of God even when I don't feel like being a man of God. Come on, somebody. And this is the thing. We've got to understand that, 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 that God, God is closer than the air that we breathe. And we've got to just step in and just be like, I'm not feeling it, but I am believing it. I'm just going to keep believing it. That's life with God. That's life with God. So right now in the last 10 minutes, we're five, five or 10 minutes, we're, we're going to move in the Spirit. We're going to move in the things of God. You've got to remember, I don't care where you were last night or what you were doing. That doesn't disqualify you. I'm saying that, that's going to mess with your head, definitely. For sure. It doesn't disqualify you. God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. You just turn to God again. Turn to God again. Say, God, forgive me for that. Change my heart. I come before you. The true evidence of repentance is is found in that you don't mind being accountable. You know? We're like, I am sorry, but I really am sorry. That has no power over me anymore. And so therefore, I'm happy to have a conversation with a pastor or someone about that thing that I've been struggling with. I'm not saying we, we shouldn't be repentant. I'm not saying we can go and live these lifestyles that, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about you as a leadership team, understanding no matter who you are, where you come from, what's going on in your life right now, your father, your supply. Supply of what? Talents. Of everything that's in the name. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So my supply that is closer than the air that I breathe, I become aware, acknowledge you now. I, who's you? It's the name, Jesus. And Philippians says that he was given the name that is above every other name, name on earth, under the earth, and above the earth. The name, highest name in heaven is Jesus. Why is that? Because the Old Testament is full of the names of God. That's why there's so much power in the name of Jesus, because when we say his name, we're saying a name that's higher than any other name. So when we say the name of Jesus, when we come in his name, we're coming before Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that God that sees and provides. We're coming before Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals. We're coming before the Lord God, our banner, we're coming before El Elyon, the God most high, the God that just keeps getting higher. We're becoming, we're coming before that name. And this is what we're going to do right now. In fact, let's all stand to our feet. And we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit right now in this moment just to begin to move. I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to open your hearts. I want you to push aside all those thoughts. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit just to come and breathe afresh upon you right now. Just let Him breathe. Let Him breathe. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We acknowledge your presence right now, Holy Spirit. You're here. You're in us. You like it there. You want to move through us. Worship you, God. Our hands are raised, Father. Our hands, are, our, hands our arms are open, Father. Like our hearts today, Holy Spirit, would you come and move with your power in the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence right now in this place. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. I want us to just for the last few minutes, I'm going to uh, put you to work now if that's okay. And uh, I want you to just get in maybe groups of four or five people. And I just want you to begin to pray with each other, for each other. I believe the Holy Spirit's just going to begin to move. Some of you are going to, the gifts of the Spirit are going to be activated. I believe what, what is actually going to happen right now, there are people that you've been crying out to God for healing in area. And healing's going to be released just like that. Bam. So what I'm trying to get you to understand today, that this isn't about a pastor doing it. This is about you understanding that God's with you. God is in you. His power is on your life. Would you do that? Would you just move into small groups? Don't worry about being with people that you know. Just, just take a gamble. Come on. 
take a gamble. But just get with some people maybe that you're not connected with. We're just going to pray and uh, find a few people. We just got a few minutes.